Thanks so much for joining us and for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. Our hope as you listen in is that you might encounter Jesus, hear and receive his love, and be encouraged and empowered by his spirit to be and bring life and love to one another and to the other in your world. If you would like to get in touch with us or keep up to date with what's happening in and through the life of Steeple Church, please jump on to our website at steeplechurch.com.au or follow us on the socials via Facebook or Instagram at steeple.church. We're looking forward to meeting you one day soon, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. Bless you, fam. Yapalingana, everyone. Uh, Yapalingana means, what's well, a greeting? It means it's good to see and hear you speak. Um, I am a Trelloware woman from northeast Tasmania, and I am really honoured to be here. It's um, really nice to be here. It's great to see a church that just makes kids welcome and is messy and encouraging and just warm. So thank you. It's been a really long time since I've been in a church where family is something that is celebrated, encouraged and embraced. So that's amazing. Um, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I'd like to thank Corey and the leadership team for inviting me to speak today and to begin to know you good folks here at Steeple. Um, I'm told Corey usually speaks for about 40 minutes. And Jared for an hour and a half. If you're listening online, Jared, we know. Just kidding. I'm not planning on speaking that long. I'm just... uh, And apologies for having notes. I find I get a little nervous about new places, so I need notes to anchor me. I want to begin by acknowledging God's creation and our part in these lands. And I acknowledge that God is the Alpha and Omega, and as such has been everywhere at every time. And that includes the lands of Australia, even before colonial Christianity arrived in 1788 and earlier, because we know that there were whalers and sealers who were Christian who were coming to these lands. And if we accept the theological position that God is omnipotent, that God is the Alpha and the Omega, then we can be certain that God had a relationship in these lands with our peoples and other peoples around the world that were not discovered until people came across the seas. Um, If we struggle to accept that God is everywhere at any time, then that opens up huge conundrums that I'm not sure that I am theologically trained to deal with and would certainly most go over the hour mark. So in the spirit of acknowledging that God is the Alpha and Omega, I want to acknowledge that these are Wurundjeri lands, who the Creator entrusted to live in harmony with these lands, to take care of these lands, to understand that they were in relationship with all of creation, as we all are. And I want to acknowledge that we're coming together on those lands this morning to worship Creator, not creation. I want to make that clear. Indigenous Christians do not worship creation. We are part of creation, as are you. When we acknowledge country, we're not displacing God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. We're acknowledging and reminding ourselves and others that they are central, that they've always been here, the Alpha and the Omega. 
Many years ago, I was encouraged when an Aboriginal Catholic elder reminded me that even St Paul himself was someone who remembered his own journey and remembered the journey of those who'd become Christians. The early church were from very different communities and he was okay with acknowledging that. And so in the spirit of Pauline theology, in the spirit of St Paul, we acknowledge who we are and where we are. And so for me, that was a really timely reminder as an Aboriginal Christian that we can all look for supportive examples within our many traditions that we come from and our many cultures. And it was also a timely reminder that in ways in which Indigenous and non-Indigenous worlds can come together, in ways that are supportive of each other, of learning, of understanding and growth. So, a little bit about me because I've been learning a little bit about you from Corey, Sunil, Jared and others. And I'm watching and learning today. I am, as I said, a Trollaway woman. I have mixed heritage. I also have uh, Jewish-German heritage as well. And interestingly enough, it's nice to be here because my grandparents got married in that church. So my grandmother, my Aboriginal grandmother was a widow and uh, so she, she married an Irishman, who, who's not my biological grandfather, but he was the only grandfather I knew. And they got married right next door. And they had their reception right here. So I wish my dad passed away suddenly just before uh, the world changed. And I wish that he was here this day because he would have, and in some ways I know that he is, but he would have liked that connection. So... It's, it's even more special to be here this morning. I am part of the Nates community, and the Nates community is an international Indigenous Christian community where we seek to find ways, as followers of Jesus, how we can be fully Indigenous and fully Christian. Because as many of you know, that's not always been an option for Indigenous communities around the world. And so the Creator entrusted with us a vision, how do we become fully who we are, fully who God had made us to be. And many, many years ago, in a gathering of Indigenous Christians from around the world who gathered in Aotearoa, New Zealand, there was a shared vision. How can we help the church? How can we help the church be reconnected to itself, to be reconnected with us? How can we help Indigenous peoples who are Christians, who are called to ministry, called to teaching, called to be in the world working as Indigenous Christians, how can we make space for them to get the appropriate ministry and academic training? So some 25 years ago, elders, faithful elders from around the globe, including here in Australia, began that journey of trying to find ways that we could educate and decolonise ourselves and also make that journey available to others, non-Indigenous peoples. And so recently we celebrated 25 years of NAITS. And our relationship with NAITS in Australia is a little slower than that. We have some elders who have passed and some elders who are still with us who for many, many years, faithful followers of Jesus, knocking on denominations, knocking on theological um, colleges, knocking on Bible colleges, seminaries, universities, saying, we have a vision we want to share. 
We have something that the Creator has gifted with us. Will you work with us? Will you walk with us? Will you create some space that we can share? Our people are generous. Our elders are generous. And I'm always struck by the fact that these elders have gone through most amazing laws that really controlled their whole lives. And yet they are turning up every day, witnessing as faithful followers of Jesus. And despite the rather rude knocks at them and doors closing, they kept their faithfulness. And in 2017, um, there was a meeting of some like-minded Indigenous Christians and we managed to get a place with Whitley College, the Baptist College, who said, yeah, okay, we don't really understand this, but we're going to give it a go. And we thought, wow, it's the first time any college has opened the door to us. Fast forward to last year, on December 1st, we finalised our relationship with Whitley College. We're still really good friends. But on December 1st, Nates in Australia became the first Indigenous postgraduate theological college in the whole of our history here. And our elders looked around the table and said, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be grateful. I didn't have that faith. <laughs> I didn't think that day was coming. I have the job of being in the more administrative side of things, chasing recalcitrant students. No, sorry, we, we don't have any. Um, but to see that day and to see the elders say, we knew this day was coming. I was like, I wish I had that faith. So we have had, since 2017, 15 graduates, 11 Indigenous and the four non-Indigenous. And last year we had our first Masters of Theological Studies. An elder from the Noongar peoples, Stolen Generation Man, Aboriginal Christian artist, was our first Masters graduate. So we are blessed and we want to continue that journey. So to come and to share with you is a, is a way of opening that journey to you as well. So Nates exists to try and provide an Indigenous design, develop, delivered and govern tertiary education. And why do we do that? Because we believe that's the only way that we can help the church. And... Our vision is to see Indigenous men and women journey down the road of a living heart relationship with Jesus that does not require them to reject their creator-given social and cultural identity. My generation in Australia is the first generation that really feels comfortable to try and identify. It's not always easy, but to try and identify as fully Indigenous, fully Christian. And Nate sees that we don't need to reject our own worldviews as a foundation for that, re for that relationship with Jesus. And that was what we were required, what my father's generation, my grandmother's generation and beyond were required. But why is this so important? Well, the Rainbow Spirit Elders remind us, for the most part, our religions, our beliefs and ceremonies were regarded as pagan and barbaric and evil. And 
It's this foundation that churches and their agencies have engaged with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. So Christianity has been deeply involved in the colonial project. And what we want through the NATES program and through Indigenous Christian ministries across the country is to allow Indigenous peoples to be who they were created to be, not facsimiles of dominant or other cultures. We are created in God's image and there is a beauty in that creation that gives Indigenous peoples encouragement, or at least a hope, to become followers of Jesus within those traditions. And I hope that it is an encouragement to remember that for all of us. As a Trollaway woman, I'm blessed to spend time and learn from many communities. Um, and that allows me to remind myself of the gifts and the sacrifices of the communities that are around Australia. And as was mentioned, it's NAIDOC week. Yesterday was the Coming of the Light Festival for the Torres Strait Islander community, um, which commemorates the adoption of Christianity throughout the Torres Strait Islands. And that happened on July 1st, 1871. This week is a week of celebration for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Originally, it was just Aborigines Day. And then it was moved. Um, because Australia Day was moved. Um, I'm not going to get into a debate around that. Um, and then further on into the 1990s, we decided that one day wasn't enough. We needed a week and we needed to include the Torres Strait Islanders as well. Because remember, for a really long time, we were on the fringes of society. It would be unthinkable for previous generations to have any of this just wouldn't happen. Um, before the 1920s, Aboriginal peoples um, were trying to raise the awareness of the non-Indigenous communities around status and treatment of Aboriginal peoples. Um, but our elders were aware that people just were really ignorant of what was going on. And so several organisations start to emerge, and these Organisations emerge because Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders who were also Christian were trying to work out how's the best way to address these injustices. And so you may have heard of Uncle William Cooper. He, he was one of the original activists, a Christian, a Yorta Yorta Christian. Um, he drafted a petition to the king at the time, King George V, and said, um, look, things are not well with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. The Australian government says that it can't do anything about it, so I'm writing to you as our king. Are we not Australians too? And at that stage, they really weren't Australians. And he was asking, could we have special Aboriginal electorates in federal parliament? Familiar? Because the Australian government had said to him, no, 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 we can't do anything, our hands are tied. It falls out of our constitutional responsibilities. And remember, the Australian constitution did not recognise or include Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. And it would remain like that from 1901 until 1967. Uncle William Cooper was a Christian man who felt injustices deeply. He worked tirelessly as a Christian 
to help his people and also others. He led a delegation of, of his peoples to protest against the events of Kristallnacht, the rioting and massacre and internment against Jewish Germans by the Nazis in 1938. Here was a man so convicted by his Christian beliefs that he publicly protested the grounds of the German embassy here in Melbourne, putting himself and others in danger. Because remember at this time, he, like other Aboriginal peoples in Victoria and around Australia, had very little rights. <laughs> and very little rights compared to those of white Australians. And I say white because at that time, Australia had declared itself as a country for white people. The Immigration Restriction Act of 1901, also known as the White Australia Policy, would affect migrants who came to Australia between 1901 and 1958. And then there would be other policies that were known as the White Australia Policy, and they would not be repealed until 1973, 50 years ago. So often people will talk about, oh, this stuff is in the past. But as I look around our community here today, it's only one generation, and perhaps even not one generation, where we were affected by these things. It was also in 1938 that Uncle William and others declared a day of mourning to try and um, highlight sufferings and lack of rights. It was a quiet and dignified protest of Indigenous Christians and others. Very little was heard from the churches. Unionists came to support. Communists came to support. Jewish people came to support. And NAIDOC Week has grown out of that protest and is such an important week for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people for us to celebrate our survival, our thriving and our future. We're often tired by the end of the week, folks. Um, but it is also a time when we extend hospitality to non-Indigenous peoples as a way of joining in us with celebrating, but also helping you to understand our communities. Because it's often in the hope that our non-Indigenous brothers and sisters will learn enough to stand beside us as we fight for justice and truth and to go ahead of us in ways that we can never, ever achieve. And that fight for justice and that fight for truth is what spurs Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christians on. We know that the Creator doesn't make mistakes. We know it was no mistake that God made us as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. We know that God calls us into fullness of our identity through his son, Jesus. And we are emboldened by the Holy Spirit to live our best lives as Indigenous Christians our best lives as Indigenous identities, not despite it. Christianity shouldn't be owned by one cultural or historical framework. And it so often is. We're reminded God so loved the world he gave his only son. The world, not a particular community, not a particular culture, not a particular expression of Christianity. And I think it's one of the great sadnesses of the history of Christianity that this wasn't recognised when colonial Christianity came to these shores. The early church could not immediately see creator at all in these lands. Talked about these lands being godless, evil, barbaric, treacherous, something to be overcome. 
and the early church could not see the humanity in Indigenous peoples. And therefore, the early church did awful things in which the Bible speaks that we must not do. Thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not steal, and so on. And I'm not saying these things to make anyone feel bad. I know that these are uncomfortable things to speak about, but we as a Christian community must address them together so we can work towards truly becoming the church that Christ has called us to be. Australian Christian historian Meredith Lake, some of you might be familiar, reminds us that from the outset, the Bible was associated with colonising projects of transporting convicts, appropriating Aboriginal land and forming settler societies. To understand the long-term significance in Australian life, we need to consider not only the transmission of its European cultural products, but the messy realities of culture contact and the dynamics of cultural power. And I know that this is an uncomfortable place to start for many non-Indigenous peoples, but it is a lived and living reality in these lands that we call home. So perhaps one way that we together can deal with this is to bring it all a bit closer to home. So it's not so far out there. How might you as an individual and how might you as a church community start and continue to unpack your place here in these lands? I'm going to stop for a minute because what you showed this morning and what you spoke about this morning, I've never ever heard that in a church before, that a church that is committed to decolonising itself. That, I, I'm not sure if you realise how powerful that statement actually is and, and how amazing that is to hear as an Aboriginal Christian sitting there. I was not expecting that. Um, and, and I'm still quite blown away. Because you're not saying you have the answers. You're saying that you're on a journey and that, that you recognise that there's some, some things that need to be changed. And that is unique, folks. And I want to commend you and encourage you and thank you for that. Because you're already much further on the journey than, than so many other churches. Um, and, and, and you are doing things that so many other churches throw their hands up and say, I can't do that. Because they think you need magical tricks, they think you need immersion experiences to faraway countries, and you already have the tools. You've shown me that. They already have the tools too, your heart and your head. There's more than enough resources for you to begin and I wish that other churches would step out in faith like you have. I know that you know that the journey to decolonising is messy, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, it means looking at some things that nobody wants to look at. But from our perspective, you can do it. There is support and love and prayer for many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christians as you embark and continue your journey from understanding our shared history, our shared Christian story in this country, 
and it's great to see Steeple joining and creating a new way of being Christian together. It's one that recognises that God doesn't make mistakes, that culture is not a barrier to being Christian, a new way of church that tackles injustice. A new way that leads our wider community into acknowledging what's happened, repenting together and making right the times when the church failed. These are things that are needed for us as a Christian community to come together. I wish Steeple family all the flourishing and I look forward to seeing what you do and to walking alongside you. I'll be praying for you as you, particularly as you do your walk on Wednesday, but as you continue your decolonising journey and I look forward to the new friendship. On behalf of Nate's, we, you know, we put up with Sunil and Jared and others. No, I'm kidding. We love them. But we welcome you to join us at any time. We have a symposium coming up, which will be in person and online, and you'd be welcome to join us and to contribute what you're doing and, and what you're, you're saying and what your hopes are as a community. And I just want to finish up by sharing a blessing from Aunty Betty Pike, um, an Aboriginal Christian elder from the Catholic tradition who passed away recently. But she, um, when I first arrived in Melbourne, she was one of the first um, Aboriginal Christian elders I met. And um, she, she is one of the reasons why I stayed. Uh, I was very homesick at the time. And I uh, wanted to go home, but knew that God had called me to come to the mainland to study. So, Aunty Betty um, has this blessing. May you always stand as tall as a tree, be as strong as the rock Uluru, as gentle and still as the morning mist. Hold the, camp, hold the warmth of the campfire in your hearts, and may the Creator Spirit always walk with you. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged as you listened in. As I said at the top of the podcast, we loved having and hosting you in this way, but we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So please drop us a line via our website or better yet, if you're local to Melbourne, drop in on one of our Sunday gatherings, 10 a.m. every Sunday in the Hall of St. Barnabas Anglican Church at 86 Bowen Road, Bowen. Peace and love, friends. Have a great week.